0: amen praise the lord let's give a round of applause to jesus today he is good jesus is good can i use this stand oh that one. Oh, that one is shorter no no <laughs> okay um so i want to take you to the book of first samuel today if you have brought your bibles um we have 20 minutes So I want to share with you uh, four principles that can help you rethink whether you should quit or not. Uh, I honestly believe that quitting, for me, in my personal life, quitting is not an option. When I have a goal, when I have a dream, when God has called me to do something, It doesn't matter how hard or impossible it may sound, I am not going to quit. There's a lot of human beings, you know, that I admire because they had so many failures and struggles. They did not quit, and at the end, they accomplished their objective. One of those people that I admire is President, you know, Abraham Lincoln. If you read uh, the story of his life, you will notice that he went through 11 different failures in his life before becoming a president. Uh, He tried to be a lawyer. You know, he failed. Uh, He tried to run for legislature in Chicago. He failed. He tried to run for vice president. You know, he failed. He didn't get elected. Uh, He tried to start his own business. He borrowed money from people. Uh, His business didn't work. Then he was in debt. Uh, He had to work so hard so that he would pay his friends back. Uh, He suffered from depression. His depression was so hard that his story, he says, that his friends had to go into his house and hide knives, forks, and anything that was Sharpie because people were afraid, or his friends were afraid that he could uh, commit suicide. Um the woman of his love, his sweetheart, the, the woman he was going to marry, you know, died just a couple of months, you know, before getting married from a fever. And you could think, oh, man, this man's life is a mess. You know, what has he done that some people say it's karma, man, that's karma. And but you know what? He continued going. He continued going because his passion was I have a vision for this country. I have a vision of freedom and equality and I will get there some, someday and I will be there and I will make a difference. And he made it. And many of us wouldn't even be here in this place or in this country if it wasn't because he was able to continue going forward in life in spite of defeats, in spite of failures. He continued moving on. So I don't know what the dream that God has given you is. I don't know what your goal in life is. I don't know what your objective is. Surely I know that your priority or one of your priorities is to do the will of God and to please the Father. So I want to give you four thoughts today to think about this week so that you can re-examine if quitting is really an option for you. I don't think it should be for us. Um but I want you to think about some verses you know that we're going to read today in the first book of Samuel chapter 30. So whatever vision God has given you, whatever goal, whatever dream, whatever desire, uh, if it's something that is going to impact the kingdom of heaven, if it's something that is worth it, it is worth keep you know fighting for, please today uh, listen to the Word of God, keep moving forward. And make a decision to continue moving forward. So I want to speak to you uh, today on the subject of queening is not an option. Based on the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, uh, we're going to read the first uh, five chapters. And then I will be using uh, several verses of the chapter. But I highly encourage you this week or today, if you're married... Uh, read you know this chapter with your wife and husband. Uh, if you're not married, read it yourself and then text me back and then we can talk about it. Uh, but the Bible says first book of Samuel chapter 30. Uh, so let me give you a little picture of what was happening in chapter 29 in chapter 28 in chapter 27 before chapter 30. So David, at this time in his life, he was running away from the king of Israel, Saul, King Saul, because people were already observing David as the future king of Israel. So as you know the story, the king wanted to kill David. so David had been able to gather about six hundred men that were fighters and they would go to work with him because Uh, David was being chased by the the king of Israel. David had to be running and moving from town to town and sometimes sleep in the mountains, sometimes sleep, you know, close to rivers, different places. So um, in chapter 29, David is told, leave this town and go back to Ziklag where your family is because the king is going to come and get you killed or kill us. So David is going back to Ziklag when chapter 30, verse 1 starts. And it says like this. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and the Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it. Both young and old, they killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives have been captured: Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal or of Carmel. So let's let's just uh, do a quick prayer. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that as we read the scripture, that we open up our hearts and we think about these four things: Should I quit? Should I go away? Should I give up on what you have called me to do? Should I quit the desires of my heart? Should I keep fighting for the things that you have spoken to me that belong to me? Should I change? What should I do? I pray right now, Lord God, that as your people and I think about these scriptures, that we will be inspired, Lord God, to continue moving forward. If you have called us to do something, if you have... Uh, spoken to us about doing something, pursuing something, whether it is a dream, a goal, an objective, a responsibility, whatever it is, Lord God, help us today uh, so that we can have a victorious life. In Jesus' name, amen. So this chapter, it's very, very amazing because as you were reading in the scripture, think about this. David is running away from King Saul so that he doesn't get killed. He told David, go back to Ziklag, that little town that belongs to you, where your wife is, your children, and all the wives of the 600 men that you have and the children of the men that you have who live in that city. Go away, go out, go and, and get there. So David is going, you know, with his men. And they're walking, they're crossing rivers, mountains, deserts. And the Bible says that on the third day, when they were arriving to the town, as they were approaching the town, they started to see that every single house, every single wall in the city of Seklat had been destroyed. It was burned down, it was completely destroyed. There was not one single man, not one single woman, there was not one single kid. Everybody had been taken captive by these men, the Amalekites, who went and invaded, stole everything, and destroyed everything that belonged to these people. And the Bible says that when they arrived uh, at this place, and the men who, by the way, the Bible says that the men who followed David were really, really strong men. The, the warriors of David, they were fighters. They were, they were men who were used to pain. But when they got to sick, like, and they saw the destruction that had taken place, they started to weep and cry what they had lost. And the scripture says that if you read uh, in verse number four, that so David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength to, left to weep. So I don't know if you've been at that point ever in your life where you've been crying so much that no more tears come out of your eyes. And you were like, only going like that, but nothing else, you know, comes out of your eyes. That's the way they were, you know, at the time. So, but something dangerous started to happen. I want you to read with me, verse uh, five and six. Uh, David's two wives says that having captured Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. Verse six, David was greatly distressed. Just look at that emphasis right there. Greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. And there's a great sentence right there. But David found strength in the Lord his God. So think about this. David sees all the destruction that is taking place. These 600 men, they are crying, they are weeping, they're mourning. And David has no strength. The Bible says that they were crying and crying and crying. And then all of a sudden, David starts to hear that the men behind his back, they're planning, you know what? We're going to kill David. This is his fault. This is his fault because he is running away from the king. And because of him, we were not here. We couldn't defend our wives and sons and daughters. And parents, so now everything is gone. We're going to kill David. We're so mad. We're very angry. Have you ever been at a point in which you were in charge of something or maybe you planned something, things didn't work out, and then you started to feel guilty because you feel that it was your responsibility to maybe have been successful at something, but you failed. Things, you know, didn't work out and you feel like, oh my gosh, what happened? Not only that, but people start blaming you, you know, for what happened, that you should have done something better, that things could have been different. But the Bible says, and this is the first point that I want to share with you in verse number six, that even though this was happening in the life of David, the last sentence says, but David found strength in the Lord. Point number one that I want to share with you today, when things get tough in your life, when things are not working out in your life, when you feel that people have walked away from you, when you feel that dreams are being crushed, that objectives are not being accomplished, when you feel that sense of defeat that is coming into your life, when you feel worthless, when you feel like you're not accomplishing anything, even when you feel that, that nothing around you, you know, is working out, the number one thing that David did was he encouraged himself in the Lord. And that's the number one thing that I want to encourage you today, this morning. Sometimes, you know, there will not be people around you to encourage you. Sometimes your best friends, they will walk away. Sometimes your best friends will not even find out that you were not doing well. And they have no idea what's happening, you know, in your life. And you feel like, oh, my gosh, it's only me. Nobody knows. And my parents, nobody knows, you know, what I'm going through. And you feel at that place where David was, at the place where, like, all the responsibility of the whole world was falling on his shoulders the Bible says that he found strength in the Lord, his God. There's there's other things, you know, that we can do. Sometimes, you know, when we feel like that, uh, you can either feel sorry for yourself. You can either say, you know what, nobody likes me. Nobody wants me. Um, I, I'm i just, I'm done. I'm leaving. I remember one time I was, uh, one of the things that I love to do uh, is I like evangelizing house by house. Um, I don't like to do it on my own. I like when people go with me, but I remember that I was, uh, just me and, and a couple of friends, we we stopped at some neighborhood in the city of West Covina one time, and we were going house by house, house by house, you know, talking to people about God, and we got to this home where there was a man on a wheelchair outside, and when he Opened the door, we introduced ourselves, and I told him, you know, that we were just sharing with people about God. And his answer was very angry. And he said, I don't want to know anything about people from church. And I said, okay, did anybody, did you have a bad experience in church? What happened to you? And he said, yes. He gave me the name of a church that was in the area that is a big church. And he said, I went to that church for 30 years. I pay my tithes. I gave offerings, you know, to that church, and I got sick. I had surgery. I was at the hospital for one month, and nobody went to see me, and nobody even called me, and nobody cared that I was sick. So I ended up leaving the church, and I don't want to know anything about church anymore. I told them, and you know what, I, I understand your pain, and I want to apologize because sometimes we churches, you know, we make those mistakes did you ever tell them that you were sick? And he said, no, no, I mean, they should have known. And I said, well, that would have probably been the first thing that you should have done is you would have told them that you, that you were sick and they would have probably visited you. But sometimes, you know, when discouragement comes, uh, we can get bitter and that's a choice. But we can also encourage ourselves in the Lord. And that's one of the things, you know, that I have practiced in my life and that I've seen that it works. I am a very encouraging person. I am very encouraged. You could give me the worst case scenario or whatever you want to give me. But if I believe that God has the power and ability to change that situation, I will get off the boat. Just like Peter. And if I'm going to sink, Lord, it's, it's up to you. But I believe in you and I walk off the boat. But it's it's your work so whatever you want to happen it'll happen but you know what I have noticed that God is faithful and I want to encourage you today that whatever you are even if the odds are against you be encouraged in the Lord give yourself some encouragement Come to church, talk to people, talk to leaders, ask for advice, ask for counseling, ask for encouragement. When you go to the life group, be open and say, guys, I don't feel good, I don't feel okay, please pray for me, and and we'll pray for you. Number two, something that David did that I really love is that the Bible says that when David was being very distressed, it says that he got a word from God. Look at verse 7. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And the Lord said, pursue them. He answered, you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. So when he was feeling distressed, Number one, he got encouragement, you know. He encouraged himself in the Lord. You know how you get encouraged in the Lord when you continue to have a relationship with God, when you get into the Word of God, when you consistently, you know, go to church, you consistently surround yourself with people who have the same faith and love God. You get encouraged. And then after getting encouraged, David said, okay, what should I do? And the first thing that he does after encouraging himself in God, the Bible says that he... God, the effort, who was a type of, of dress that priests, you know, will wear, he went on his knees and he started praying, Lord, should I go? Should I pursue this? What should I do? Please speak to me. I don't want to move any finger. If you don't allow me to go, if you don't don't want me to do this, I will not do it. Speak to me. And God said, David, go ahead. Go and pursue these people. You know, as, as pastors, um, we pray. Um every every week uh we study and we do our best, you know, to bring a message, you know, that will speak to the people's lives. But one of the best things that you can do is when you also have a relationship with God and you allow that God speaks into your life. I like what Jeremiah 33, 3, 333 3 says because It says, uh, call to me and I will answer you, and I will teach you and and show you unsearchable things that you do not know. I think the question, you know, when we're going through something hard, is not saying, God, why me? Why only me, Lord? Why again? I thought this was gone. I think the right question is, God, show me what you want me to learn. What is it that you want me to do? What is your will? Speak to me. But the Bible says that God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I will teach you. I will show you. You just need to ask. You just need to call. And that's what he does. So so get a word from God. You know, read your Bible. uh, Listen to the messages. uh, Develop the habit of encouraging yourself. Do not expect other people to be encouraging you all the time. I think it's great, you know, when somebody comes to you, hey, you're doing a good job. Hey, thank you for coming to the church. Hey, Kido, you know, uh, uh, that worship song, man, and the way you were clapping and, and moving, that was so awesome, so great. And, and I get inspired, you know. When, when I see uh, this guy singing, you know, I, I feel like I also want to move and, and imitate, the, you know, whatever they do. But you know what? Let's not depend on the encouragement of other people. Let's depend on the encouragement that comes from the Lord. Number three, something that you can do is move on the Word of God. If God speaks to you about something and you are sure in your heart, you have prayed, you have read the Scripture, and you know that God wants you to move forward and do it, move on the Word of God. Look at what verse 9 says. So verse 9 says that David and the 600 men with him came to Besor Valley, where some stay behind, 200 of them were exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the other 400 continued the pursuit of these people. So David was, he decided, okay, God spoke to me, I'm gonna go to war, I'm gonna go to battle. He went to battle, and on the way, 200 out of the 600 men said, David, we can't anymore, David, we're so tired, we're exhausted. So the Bible says that they stayed. They couldn't make it. So only 400 men, you know, continue to go with David. Uh, so David, one thing, you know, that that I noticed in the scripture is David didn't ask the men for a vote. Why do you guys think that David didn't ask the men for a vote? Hey, guys, uh, should we should we go and pursue them? What do you think? Um I think David didn't ask because the men were bitter. The men were angry. They were mad. They wouldn't have said yes. Maybe they would have said, you know what, David, shut up. We're going to kill you. This is your fault. But David said he got a word from the Lord. He prayed. He, He got encouraged in the Lord, and God spoke to him, David, go. So he said, guys, let's go. Let's do it. God is with us. And you know what? When, when you are a leader, when you are a husband, when you are a wife, when you are a parent, when you lead someone, you are responsible for bringing encouragement and word of God to the people that you lead. And you need to get that encouragement from the Lord. So the Bible says that David went and they fought. And they recover every single thing that has been lost. So what stops people sometimes from having that daring faith? sometimes is fear. Because when we live life, uh, we usually think about the worst case scenarios. I, um, I've shared my story with you guys, you know many times, you know, on how I went to college. I got a B.A. Uh, in theology and Bible studies, and I went to school for free to uh, a college in Northern California that is very similar to Asusa Pacific University. And my friends, a lot of people say, man, <laughs> dude, you don't have any money. You you have like a dollar right now in your pocket, and you want to go to college, and classes start next week. Like, yeah, that's crazy, man. You, you got to work full time for like... Several years so that you can afford, you know, the, the first freshman year of college. And I said, Man, that's true. And I spoke to a pastor and I said, Look, I, I really want to go to this school. I can't stop studying theology. I have to go because God has called me to do this. So what do I do? And this pastor said, Well, do you think this is the will of God? And I said, Yes, yes, absolutely. So then call the school and tell them you don't have any money. And I said, Okay just call them and, and, and I said yeah she said call them and if God opens the door then you will see that is the will of God and if not then well go for something else I said okay I pick up the phone right there in Los Angeles with a friend I call the university they transfer me to the admissions department I, sp- I started to speak to the admissions counselor and she said Franklin so classes start next week you haven't submitted your essay for acceptance. We don't have any grades from you. Uh, we don't have any references. Uh, we don't know if the you know all the money will be on time. You know for you to start school, but you want to start next week. And I said yes. Um, and he said, How do you plan to pay? I said, Well, I don't know. I have like five dollars, you know, with me. And she didn't know if I was joking or if I was being serious. I was being serious. Um, And then she said, okay, uh, let me, I'll call you back. She hung up, called the president of the college. President of the college called me personally, and he said, so you want to come to our school? And I said, yes, Uh, Dr. Wilson, he's a graduate from Stanford University. He was a missionary in Latin America. And I said, Dr. Wilson, I have the passion and the calling to go to your school, but I don't have the money. I assure you that you have a lot of students in your school who have the money but do not have the passion that I have. And he said, okay, give me a couple of days. I, I prayed during those two days. I didn't know what was going to happen. He called pastors and missionaries to El Salvador to find out about who I was. He got references, you know, behind my back. And then two days after, he called me and he said, uh, Brother Franklin, so I, I spoke to some people that I know in El Salvador, and uh, they say good things about you. And I want you to know that we have decided to give you a full scholarship to come to Bethany University to study your B.A. in Bible and theology. We're going to send you a plane ticket. We're going to pick you up on this day. And I only have two questions for you. And I was like, okay, what are those two questions? Number one, uh, do you like dating? I didn't know the concept of dating. You know, in, in American terms, it's different. Where I come from, dating, it's, it's a total different concept. I said, no, I, I don't like dating. And he said, uh, do you want to get married soon? And I said, no, I don't want to get married soon. Okay? And then he said, okay, you can come to the school. <laughs> And I noticed when I show up at the school is that, oh, my gosh, there were, like, seven girls for every guy. It was, it was crazy. So I understood later, you know, his questions. But you know what? God provided. And you know why God provided? Because of daring faith. God will not let you down. David went, and he conquered. He took back, you know, what was stolen. And in the end, there's a couple of other things that I will not have the time to share with you. But you will notice in the chapter if you read that some, the, some men didn't want to share what they got with those 200 men that were left behind. And David said, no, whatever God gives us, we're going to share it with everybody, even people who went half the way with us. Everybody is going to share the same reward. I want you to know that if you decide to believe in the Lord, he won't let you down. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for just how beautiful and, and awesome you are. Lord, I, we know that sometimes you know things will not go the way that we want many times. And several times, Lord God, Uh, We will see that as a defeat, we will see that as a tragedy, as a failure, but Lord, there's always lessons that you want to teach us, and I pray right now, Lord God, for everyone to be encouraged in the Lord, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, get encouraged in the Lord, our God, and look for the word from God. I pray, Lord God, today that you will do that with us and that this church will be encouraged, that we will not quit, that we will continue moving forward because the church is your idea, not our idea. It's your vision. It's your dream. We're only following you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Franklin, for that. I hope that we're all motivated now, that we don't quit. And that what we're called for is our goal. Amen? And that we should raise a hallelujah to the Lord because he does call us to do
1: those goals. So let's all stand and worship. me. praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive let's sing a little louder sing a little louder Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder. Louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah, heaven, Father.
0: want to leave you with this uh, scripture from Philippians that you probably know that says I can do all things through Christ.